as we create and share this sacred space together. Let us take a moment to reflect on what brings us here. We've all come here for different reasons, as a result of different decisions, different cosmic hints. We face different challenges, share different love, yet all of our differences have led us to this space right here, right now. Some believe we're here for a greater purpose. Others hold fast to a claim of complete coincidence. Others' perspectives lie still somewhere in between. There are so many differences and potential sources of division. It might seem as though the odds were stacked against us becoming one whole. We believe different things, live and experience different things, value and even hate different things. And yet... We are the children of God, the children of the earth and the stars. Fully grown adults here is a piece of the ongoing cycles of the universe. We have different explanations and definitions of who and what and why we are. Perhaps all hold some fragment of truth that we can treasure. Our revelation is not sealed. Despite all that is different, though, there is one thing that is certainly the same. Somehow, in some sense, we are all right here right now we are growing and changing and discovering here together sharing this sacred space we've shared for years across the generations though our gatherings have moved and changed in form as the world has turned constantly evolving constantly changing so let us continue let us change together let's adapt together let us grow together and this morning just like every sunday morning let us worship together. These opening words by Ella Boyer welcome all those who are gathered here on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to regulars, to friends and visitors who are here today, anyone who might be listening in via the podcast or watching on YouTube at a later date. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jane Blackall. I've been with this congregation for 22 years and I'm ministry coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. If anyone's here for the first time today, you're very welcome. Very glad to have you with us. Hope you find something of what you need. Please do hang around after us for a chat or get in touch some other way to say hello if you'd like to. Or you might try coming along to one of our small groups during the week. And to the regulars, thanks for all you do to welcome all who come, because we all have a part to play in co-creating this beloved community. Feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable this hour. It's lovely to see your faces, but it's fine to keep your camera off. There'll be opportunities to join in, but they're not obligations. This morning's service is the first of two linked Sundays on how to be a Unitarian. Earlier this year, we held an online course of the same name, and quite a number of us gathered on alternate Thursdays through January, February and March. I think we peaked with over 40 of us at one point, and we were doing some in-depth reflection together on our faith. This week and next, I've invited some of those who participated in the course to share some of their thoughtful reflections with the rest of the congregation. So today we'll be hearing from Charlotte Chanteloup and Patricia Brewerton. It's important to acknowledge that the range of our Unitarian experience here this morning might span four minutes to 40 years and beyond. But however long you've been coming, it's always, always worth thinking about our religious faith and why we're part of this congregation, if it's more than just a habitual thing we happen to do on a Sunday morning. It's not just about virtual bums on seats after all, it's about changing lives and changing the world. 
Before we go any further, though, I'm going to light our chalice as we do each time we gather. This simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. Chalice lit in our midst is a symbol of our liberal faith. A faith built on the foundation of freedom, reason and tolerance. A faith sustained by acts of kindness and justice. A faith that visions a world flourishing with equality for all her people. A faith that demands living out the truth and goodness. A faith that requires thoughtfulness and mutual care. A faith of wholeness and liberation. And this tiny flame is a symbol of the spark of all this within each and every one of us. So let's take all those joys and concerns, spoken and unspoken. Let's take them into a time of prayer and reflection based on some words by Elizabeth Buki. You might want to get comfortable, you might want to adjust your position, close your eyes or soften your gaze. It might be a posture that helps you feel more prayerful. Whatever helps you get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now, to be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which lies both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune in to your holy presence, the light within and without. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and stillness at the very centre of our being. We gather in reverence and thanks for you, ground of our being, source of all good. We're grateful for the gift of another breath, for each precious moment of connection and beauty and truth. Cry with us in our pain for our world. Remind us that we're loved just as we are. Remind us that we are connected with all that is. Remind us that we do not journey alone. Give us what we need for today. Call us back to our promises, our commitments our values. Help us love ourselves and each other and to show that love in our actions. Make us instruments of justice, equity and compassion and free us from all that is evil. We declare that life and love are stronger than tyranny and fear. 
a world of beauty and love is coming and we must shape it together. And let's take a moment now to focus our loving thoughts and our prayers on all those who are suffering right now through illness or injury, isolation or injustice. And let's also pray for those who care, those who act and speak to improve the lot of those in need. In these few moments of stillness, let us call to mind a person or a situation that's in, our, in need of our prayers this morning. Let's take another moment to focus our thoughts and our prayers on all that we have to be grateful for right now. All the goodness that persists despite the world's challenge and uncertainty. All the kindness and beauty and pleasure we've known and witnessed. In a further moment of stillness, let us call to mind something we feel moved to give thanks for. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice, and peace. Amen. Time for us to sing. Our first hymn today is The Flame of Truth is Kindled, sung by the Unitarian Music Society. The words of this hymn articulate something of our Unitarian way and just what it is we're attempting to do together here. The words will be up on screen so you can sing along or just listen if you like. We will do our best to make sure you are safely muted.
So, as I mentioned earlier, between January and March of this year, we held a six-part course on how to be a Unitarian. We had far more people sign up than I'd ever anticipated. Loads from this congregation. Because it was online, we had people joining us from up and down the land and beyond, including ministers from other congregations and the chief officer of the General Assembly and National Unitarian Organization, Liz Slade. She came along too. So it turned into a bit of a big deal. This was a course I'd first developed and run back in 2018 with help from Sarah Tinker. So a few of you might have experienced an earlier incarnation, either the full six-parter or the very condensed half-day version. In an ideal world, I feel like we ought to be running something like this at least once a year, because of course there are always new people joining the congregation. And it's not that easy to explain in a nutshell what it is that newcomers are getting themselves into. It's complicated. So this is a sort of orientation course. But in truth, there might be some of us that have been attending for years without necessarily having been required to think about it all that hard. For good reason, we don't spend that much time on Sunday mornings navel-gazing about our own tradition. But it is important to make some time for serious self-reflection about it once in a while. Each week of the course had its own theme and focus, starting with an invitation for each of us to reflect on our own experience of Unitarianism, then on to issues of theology, history and values, looking at the wider national organisation and how our independent congregations work, how our Unitarian involvement might mesh with our own personal spiritual journey, and how our shared values might play out in terms of social justice and changing the world. But that barely begins to cover all the stuff that we covered in those 12 hours and all the great conversations we had. Now, I'm not just telling you this to make you kick yourself and say, I wish I signed up if you didn't. But it does seem important to bring a little of what we covered on the course to a Sunday morning audience, as it were, for the benefit of those whose lives didn't really allow them to sign up to such a big commitment. It seems like a good idea so that we can all join in and continue this important conversation with a few shared reference points. So in less than 10 minutes, possibly less than seven minutes, I'm going to give you the very, very digest version of what we covered. At the end of each of the sessions, I picked out three takeaways, three bullet points for people to take away and remember. And I'm going to run through them now at relatively high speed to give you a bit of context for the reflections that are going to be offered by some of the course participants this week and next. Now, bear in mind that some of these bullet points are distilling incredibly nuanced conversations and discussions into relatively few words. So if any of it makes you raise your eyebrows slightly, that is surely an invitation for you to hang around afterwards this week or next and have a chat about what it all means for you. I will put the text of this takeaway list up on the screen as I talk it through, but if anyone wants a slightly expanded version of this to reflect on at leisure, send me an email or drop your details into the chat and I can uh, email you the handout, the handy two-page handout on how to be a Unitarian for future reference. But let me show you the takeaways. So number one, Unitarianism is a religion. We gather in a community for a sacred purpose. Unitarians are free to believe what their own life experience tells them is true and what the promptings of their conscience tells them is right based on deep reflection and reasoning. It's not just anything goes. Unitarianism is full of contradictions. As individuals and as a denomination, we can be both rational and intuitive, humanistic and theistic, scientific and mystical, we find it healthy to hold these in balance. Unitarians are open to insight and wisdom from a wide range of sources, including direct experience, the collected wisdom of the world's religious traditions, reason and science. And we often say that revelation is not sealed. Unitarians take responsibility for working out their own personal theology. 
with freedom comes responsibility and we must do our own work. Unitarians share some core principles and values which play an important part in holding us together in community given the diversity of our personal theologies. Freedom, reason, compassion, equality and justice are some of these values. Unitarian congregations are independent, so local expressions will vary hugely in terms of theological leanings, worship style, resources and more. Unitarians are strengthened when we work together. The GA or General Assembly is our national umbrella organisation which acts on our behalf and coordinates some projects and services which are of benefit to us all. Unitarians are part of a continuous tradition characterised by an ongoing search for truth, goodness and meaning. Process rather than dogma is what unites us and we build on the insights of those who've come before. Our congregation at Essex Church is descended from the first avowedly Unitarian congregation in Britain. I'm quite proud of that. Our current transition is just the latest in a long line of changes this congregation has gone through since our founder first left the Anglicans in 1774. Unitarian communities only survive and thrive because of the efforts of committed people like you. Community depends on commitment and the church is only here for as long as people show up for it in various ways. The ongoing existence of our congregation depends on people mucking in. Congregational life is challenging and not just for Unitarians, but it is worthwhile. Community life is inevitably messy and frustrating, yet the connections we form with others on the spiritual journey are essential. Unitarians take responsibility for doing their own spiritual work. We can each deepen our spiritual life by working on our own religious literacy, building our own theology and tackling any baggage that might hold us back. Going to church supports our personal spiritual transformation. Being part of a religious community helps to keep you honest, supports you in sticking at it when the going gets tough and exposes you to new ideas, challenges and encouragement because the spiritual life is about transformation. Belonging to and regularly participating in a Unitarian community is countercultural. Churches where we strengthen the things that matter against the prevailing influences of neoliberalism and consumer culture. The pursuit of social justice is a core part of the Unitarian way. One phrase beloved of Unitarians is deeds, not creeds. Living a life of kindness, compassion, peace and justice is perhaps more important than what you believe. Unitarians own their faith and speak freely about it. It is possible to be a Unitarian evangelist without proselytising. For if we Unitarians are shy about our faith commitments and never speak about it to our friends, then we concede the public space to the more religiously conservative voices. We need to let it be known that we exist, and then people can take it or leave it. And finally, Unitarians are perfectly imperfect. This list of takeaways might seem a bit daunting, but the intention is to give you a wider and deeper view of Unitarianism than you might get simply by coming along on a Sunday. There are loads of ways you might enrich your experience of Unitarianism. And I added a little bit at the end. Reflecting on how to be a Unitarian is not primarily about signing up more people to Unitarianism. It is about changing lives and changing the world. Yes, really. So that's a very, very abbreviated account of what we covered in the last three months. Later in the service, you'll hear what Charlotte and Patricia made of it. Next week, it'll be Rachel's turn. But I wonder what leaps out for you from that list. What challenges you? What intrigues you? What have you got questions about? Let us continue the conversation. But now we've come to a time of meditation.
I'm going to offer us a few words for reflection adapted from some by Cliff Reed, a retired Unitarian minister and the author of Unitarian What's That? His words will be followed by a few minutes of shared stillness during which we'll have our chalice on the screen and the silence will end with music from Abby and Jessica. So let's each do again what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to ground and steady yourself. You might want to close your eyes. As we always say, the words, the images, the music, they are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Spirit of life, God of all love, soul of the cosmos, be manifest in our worship to inspire and bless. May we feel between us a kinship too deep for words. We celebrate the ties of community that make us one. Let us celebrate this fellowship of the liberal faith. Grant its strength and vision to be a blessing to the earth. The global commonwealth begins with us. The global commonwealth, a vision of the world made one in peace and plenty, where justice reigns and love and all are valued. What matters is that we help to build a better world. What matters is that our faith should make us better people somehow. Only so we can build a better world, living with true righteousness and compassion. We reach out in inclusive welcome to all those who share the vision and the will to make it real. We reach out to the soul hunger of our times, earthing its dreams and yearnings with tested insights and tempering reason, offering comfort to its many casualties. To this fellowship, we pledge our support and to the free and loving faith that it upholds. As we move into a time of shared stillness now, let us each meditate on our own place in this community and its mission. What might it mean for you to be a Unitarian?
During the How to Be a Unitarian course, I realized how contradictory my faith could be. I pride myself on making rational decisions, but cannot help but think that some things are just meant to be. I am both humanistic and theistic. I go through phases of rejecting and embracing God language. Unitarianism is a strange thing. It has a long tradition. Essex Church was founded in 1774, and the wider movement dates back centuries. But it adapts to contemporary knowledge and insights. In my mind, it's even fundamental to Unitarian values and beliefs. This process of ongoing discovery is essential because the great mystery is ever unfolding. Because revelation is not sealed, because Unitarianism is a progressive faith, it needs to adapt to contemporary insights and values. This inclusivity is a big part of why I and many other people felt comfortable joining this movement. I find this church and this movement to be a safe place for me. I feel comfortable attending because I know whatever will happen will mostly fit in with my values and my beliefs. But as Jane put it during the course, if you are who you were when you came in, we failed. Being challenged in my beliefs and my values is not comfortable. Meeting new people with different life experiences with different life experiences is not always comfortable. But to have the opportunity to grow, we must be challenged. And it doesn't always feel comfortable. Still, Unitarianism and Essex Church, as it's where most of my experience comes from, can provide a place that makes being challenged feel safe. This way, we can engage more freely with the wisdom that we are given. Nevertheless, in a culture that can sometimes feel more and more secular, how can we reconcile tradition and adapting to the new world? Church going is against the flow of culture and committing to a faith can be countercultural. In this space, I'm not trying to be more productive. It is a commitment that I make to myself to find life-changing meaning in my existence. Another contradiction I grapple with was highlighted during this course. In a faith that emphasizes an individual's search for truth, how can we speak freely about this religion? It can seem difficult to talk about what our faith means to us without feeling like we are trying to proselytize. Two things helped me reconcile this spiritual conflict. First, it was said that if we don't talk about progressive faiths, then only the loud voices are heard. This may send an inaccurate message of what faith must be. Second, 
during a moment of reflection in that session, I wrote a little script about how to talk about my faith. Until now, I would always end up telling the history of the movement. It took a long time, and I'm not sure it was an adequate answer. The advice I was given for this is, explain what my faith and my participation in the movement bring me. This way, I can talk freely about my faith without feeling like I'm trying to get others to convert. Unitarian theology is of this world, not of the next. So in a faith whose aim is to build the kingdom of heaven on this earth, it seems logical that Unitarianism would be like life, full of contradictions. So what did I learn during the six weeks of this course? Firstly, that there are a lot of interesting people who are prepared, put in the time to learn how to be a Unitarian. Interesting, but also very diverse with a variety of ways of being Unitarian. When I requested and was granted membership of the Essex Church, I knew Unitarians do not believe in the Trinity. Well, the very name tells you that. I was also aware that they do not accept the doctrine of original sin, the belief that every human being is born into sin and every human being needs saving from sin and that this salvation necessitated the sacrifice of God's only son. My teenage years were dominated by a desire for personal salvation and the fear that I could never achieve this. But that was a long time ago, and by the time I arrived at Kensington, I had ceased to believe in much that I had grown up believing. So I felt that I was a Unitarian. Nevertheless, I signed up, wondering what there was to learn that would necessitate a six-week course. So I knew what I didn't believe, but I must confess it had been some time since I considered what I actually did believe. The first thing I learned from how to be a Unitarian was perhaps that I needed to attend to this. Although Unitarians are free to believe that what their own life experience tells them is true, it was made clear that it was not simply a case of anything goes. And clearly, seeking out the holy is not easy. It seemed to me from the readings we were set that there is a struggle going on in Unitarianism to resolve this problem. As there is no holy book to refer to, there is no possibility of saying the scripture says to back up any doctrine. Each person needs to examine the promptings of their own conscience as to what is right for them. It seems that this requires deep reflection something I'm not very good at. From the very first session of the course, I was impressed and surprised at the level of spiritual work my fellow students undertook. But I was embarrassed because I find this kind of spiritual work almost impossible. 
it also disturbed me because it stirred up some of those feelings of guilt and inadequacy I had had as a teenager. The course prompted me to consider whether I had any kind of spiritual life, to ask why I felt a need to attend church every week. The final session of the course brought answers. The pursuit of social justice is a core part of the Unitarian way. I realized that my spiritual life is actually the same as my intellectual life, my refusal to accept easy answers about the way the world is, which leads me to constantly read and question what I read. I realized that my spiritual life is also reflected in the work I do, in my politics and my contribution to the local community. I find it very hard to still my mind and the time I spend in the gathering on Sundays is my opportunity to do this. It is an opportunity to reflect on the fact that another way is possible, to acknowledge the possibility of a greater power, which I will call God, although I might call it justice, in the hope that justice will one day come. And though I might not live to see it, and some might call it naive of me to even believe it is possible, this time in the Unitarian community on Sunday mornings inspires me to continue to search and work for that day. Thanks so much, Patricia and Charlotte, for sharing your thoughtful reflections this morning. Time for just one last hymn. I've picked this one to connect with Patricia's closing thoughts on the centrality of justice in the Unitarian way. The words of this one are particularly pertinent in this moment where we're getting increasingly aware of how difficult it is for many to afford the basic needs of life as we heard in the candles earlier. It's a recording of our own congregation, in fact, singing a few years ago, so excuse any rustling or coughing or whatever. It's called For Everyone Born, A Place at the Table.
Just a few announcements now. Thanks again to Charlotte and Patricia for their reflections, to Abby and Jessica for our lovely music, for Hannah co-hosting so capably. We'll have virtually coffee time after the service, so you can stay and chat if you'd like. Tell us how you will be a Unitarian. Um, if that's not your thing, do get in touch via email if you want to say hello or come along to some of our other events. If you'd like to hang around, we'll take a closing photo after the music. Our online programme continues. We've got coffee morning at half ten on Tuesday. There's still a few spaces available for Heart and Soul tonight or Friday at seven o'clock. This week, the theme is grief. Um, if you've never been before, it's still not too late to start. These are really uh, deep and meaningful gatherings where you'll get to know people um, more intimately than you will at other times during the week. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, and we do encourage you to keep in touch and look out for each other as best you can. We're back on Zoom next week at 10.30 for part two of How to Be a Unitarian, and our next in-person gathering will be on Easter Sunday. So we've just got our closing words and music now. I invite you to select gallery view at this point, if you can, so we can all see each other and get a sense of our gathered community as we close. So we're about to extinguish this chalice flame. Its light will live on in the minds and hearts and souls of every one of us calling us onward to lives of compassion, justice, and liberating love. So carry this flame with you as you leave this sacred gathering and share it with those you know, those you love, and with all those you've yet to meet along the way. May it be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Mm -hmm.